0: This is the PFT PM podcast. And now your host, Mike Florio.
1: Friday edition, 29th day of June, PFT PM podcast. Fridays with, what did we decide to call it? Is it Fridays with a flow since that's your Twitter handle? I don't think we, we never really talked about
0: coming up with a name for it.
1: Well, let's have our pre-show meeting during the show. What should we call it? Is it Fridays with Florio Jr. or is that too hokey? Is it Fridays with a flow? Is that hipper because that's your Twitter handle?
0: Could could just be Fridays with my son.
1: That doesn't sound good though. I don't know. You figure it out. I'm gonna stick with Fridays for with A Flow until we come up with something better. I just want to
0: just do Florio Jr. Fridays with Florio Jr.
1: Yeah, I saw you changed your Twitter handle, or not your handle. I've there's a difference between the at well, handle. Yeah,
0: it's, it's your name on Twitter, not your at. It's you can just, ch- it's you, the name you present.
1: And you can change that to anything you want. Yeah,
0: you can. I mean, you could change your handle whenever you want. You know, but yeah, it's just, it's not your actual, it's not your handle, it's just your name.
1: But if you try to change your handle to one that's already taken, you can't.
0: I guess so. But
1: your Twitter name can be anything, even if other people have it. Yeah, can make anything. All right. I've learned something new about Twitter today. Even though we've been on it for like nine years, I don't know anything about it. All I know is that we put links to all of our stories there and people click them and they read our stories and that's why we do it. And we appreciate our Twitter followers and that's been our primary basis for communication with the PFTP on Posse. And we've got some questions we're gonna answer coming up. I wanna talk about a few things first. Alex, feel free to chime in as you see fit. We need to cover some ground. First of all, first of all, this is a public service announcement I hope that it will be taken into account if and when I ever find myself on the wrong side of the law. Some advance community service. My annual urge to everyone out there, especially people who are, let's say, over 35... Get a physical every year. It's important to get a physical every year. You've got family members who are counting upon you being healthy, being alive, being there to provide financial support, emotional support, all of the things family members do for each other. You can't do it if you're not there. And you can't ensure you're going to be there if you don't keep tabs on your health. And I went through that stretch mid-30s where I didn't want to get a physical because I didn't want to know anything was wrong with me and that's just stupid I go every year I've got some health issues they're not serious but at least I have them under control I know what they are and I will catch anything early that's the key is catching anything early now the only downside is there's one specific type of cancer that men can get that can be caught early but there's an unpleasant finger test that you get done every year which Alex, you're about 19 years away from your annual.
0: Yeah, it's such plenty of time for me.
1: Prostate exam.
0: Yes. You said 35 though.
1: Well, 35 to get a physical. I don't think they start wow. doing the the one finger plunge until you're 40. I think that's the guideline. But there's a blood test they do. It's a PSA test. They monitor that every year, and they do the the you know the the physical exam of the prostate, and it's important because if you catch it early, you can cure it. Just like uh, colon cancer, you get your colonoscopy. I think they've changed the age from 50 to 45 for your first colonoscopy. I've had four of them, they're no big deal. It can save your life. Don't be stubborn, especially if you're having symptoms. I mean, get a physical anyway, but if you're having any symptoms, don't just assume they're gonna go away. It's very easy to set up an appointment with the doctor And if you have anything that's concerning you, you get it taken care of so you don't obsess over it. That's what I would do. I would obsess over it until a doctor tells me that I'm okay. And if I'm not okay, I want to know about it so I can get it fixed. So I don't know how much community service that counts as. I think the value is more than the three minutes I spent talking about it. But I urge you, if you're thinking about it, Do it. If you're not thinking about it, you should be thinking about it, and you ultimately should do it. Your family depends on you to be there, and you're not going to be there if you don't keep tabs on your health, because if you do have a problem, you want to catch it early. All right, Jameis Winston has a problem unrelated to his health. Three-game suspension. I got a lot of opinions about this, and we've written about a lot of them at PFT, but let me just say one thing this effort by the NFL to make the personal conduct policy something that is part of its PR arsenal where it can hold up to anyone who would criticize the NFL for not doing enough as to Ray Rice that it's taking serious action against players who run afoul of the requirements and specifically as it relates to domestic violence sexual assault the baseline is six games that's the suspension you're supposed to get When they deviate, and typically they deviate by giving less than six games, they need to tell us why. They need to tell us why. There needs to be transparency or we can't have the appropriate faith in this process. Josh Brown got one game two years ago. Why? They never told us. Jameis Winston gets three games instead of six for groping an Uber driver. Why? They won't tell us. So I think with Winston, and it's since been reported this is the case, it was a settlement Instead of six games, he gets three. He doesn't fight it. He gets to hide the details. That's one of the benefits of this because if the details came out, maybe people would pressure the Buccaneers to cut him. So the suspension is three. They're hoping not to have a firestorm of criticism that forces the Buccaneers to take action. And now he'll miss three games. And Alex, he's going to miss... Week one against the Saints, week two against the Eagles, week three against the Steelers. I think they're going to lose those games anyway, with or without him. The Steelers game is a Monday night. He comes back on a Tuesday. They play the Bears in Chicago on Sunday. He's got limited time to get ready. He will have missed three games. There's a real question as to whether or not, if you're the Buccaneers, you just say, have him sit week four also. Any thoughts on that?
0: Why why would they have him sit week four?
1: Because he's missed three weeks, and maybe he's rusty, and maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing well enough.
0: But... I mean, wouldn't they want to put him back in at some point?
1: Well, yeah, but here's the thing. After week four, they have a bye. So if Ryan Fitzpatrick Uh, is playing well enough, then you just say, all right, go ahead and play the fourth week, and then we'll work on Jameis Winston. I I, I
0: could see them just throwing him in just because, um, I mean, I guess we'll see what's going on then. And how everyone is at that point.
1: Well, and that depends on how the team's doing, how Ryan Fitzpatrick's doing. If they win one or two of those games, they have to feel pretty good about it because I don't expect them to win any of those games with Winston. Saints, at the Saints, Eagles and Steelers. If they go two and one, maybe you do stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick into week four and maybe you stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick beyond and maybe at some point you just put Jameis Winston on ice because if he gets injured this year and he can't pass a physical before March they owe him 20.9 million for 2019 even if they decide to cut him here's one other point I want to make about Winston and I'll defer the rest to everything we have at the website there's talk about the language in the announcement of his suspension that further conduct may result in banishment from the NFL that is standard language. And I've looked at the personal conduct policy for a second offense that falls under this category of six games for a first offense, domestic violence, sexual assault, etc., Second offense does result in a banishment. Now, it's not permanent. It's a minimum one year, just like under the substance abuse policy. You can apply for reinstatement after one year. There's no guarantee you're getting back in. But one more offense for Jameis Winston, and he's looking at a minimum one-year suspension Minimum one year. And that applies to anybody who has a second offense under that specific aspect of the policy. So it's Winston and it's anyone else who's been penalized under that portion of the policy. All right. I got to mention Joe Delaney. Are you familiar with Joe Delaney? Did you read about Joe Delaney at PFT? Do you know who Joe Delaney is? You're looking at me. You don't know who Joe Delaney is, do you? You need to know who Joe Delaney is. I was younger than you when yeah, Joe I Delaney...
0: He's the one that saved the kid from drowning, isn't it? Yeah, he that he, it he
1: was 24. This happened in 1983. I had just graduated high school, and I remember reading about it's this in the, the newspaper. Yes, 35 years ago. June 29. I had graduated high school three weeks earlier. And back when we got the paper and there was no other way to know about things, I remember seeing it in black and white, the Joe Delaney, who had been the rookie of the year offensively in 1981 for the Chiefs, their first winning season since 1973. He was 24. Three children were drowning and he couldn't swim, but he jumped in to save them and he saved one of them and the other two died and he died. And I mean, that's something that we've been committed every year at PFT, shining a light on that. I I'm astounded that there isn't more done for him. The league should do something for him. They should have an award named after him. There should be something to commemorate Joe Delaney because I think as more time passes, it's going to be harder to get people to remember him. But I mean, that's the ultimate sacrifice. And he had like three or four of his own kids. You know, I talk about getting a physical every year so you can be there for your family. I mean, that's a gutsy move when you know you have children who rely upon you and you throw all that to the wind to try to save strangers. That is the ultimate gesture of selflessness. And Joe Delaney made it 35 years ago today and he perished and You know, 35 is going to become 40 is going to become 45 is going to become 50. And I just think we have to remember that example. It's the the, the most courageous thing any NFL player has ever done. And hopefully it never happens to anyone else. But the fact that that he did that, I think, is something that we need to remember. And it's something the NFL needs to have some official recognition of at some point.
0: Yeah, I I agree with recognizing him for what he did. I mean, he did that. Even though he knew he couldn't swim.
1: Yeah, I mean, he just jumps in. Not, not even a thought. I have to try. I can't swim very. It's just
0: his instinct to save those kids.
1: Right, and and you just wonder in this day and age if enough people have that that instinct, that willingness to risk everything to try to help somebody they don't even know. He didn't even know him. Be different if it was family members. He didn't even know him. So uh, we try to remember Joe Delaney every year on the 29th day of June and. Uh, we will continue to do that for as long as profootballtalk.com is around. If you take over, you have to give me your word that you're going to remember Joe Delaney every June 29th. Yeah,
0: I'll remember every June 29th.
1: Okay, I'll haunt you if you don't. We'll see. Yeah.
0: I, I think, I mean, you. I'll have you to remind me.
1: Hopefully that will at least be 35 years from now. Wait, how old would I be? I'm 53 plus 35. That's 88. I don't know. I still don't know about. North of 85, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, get back to me when I'm 85 as to how, how it goes being north of 85. All right. Uh, there isn't a whole lot else going on. You know, we had the Jerry Richardson fine yesterday, $2.75 million. No transparency from the NFL on that as to what he specifically did. Drop in the bucket. He got over $2 billion for the team. That's... An easy check to write when you just had $2 billion flow in. So I, I don't know what purpose that ultimately serves, but that's been put to bed. And, you know, I talk all the time, Alex, about Friday afternoons being a perfect time to dump bad news. And the NFL is very sensitive about that. I think that's why they went with Thursday on both of these, because if they had done it today, people like me would say, oh, it's a, it's a Friday afternoon bad news dump. But of all weeks, this is a good Thursday to do it because, It kind of feels like a weird, it's a midsummer week where 4th of July is next Wednesday, and maybe a lot of people aren't paying attention to things. So I think they picked the right Thursday to do it because I think if you would have done it at other points of the summer, it would have been a bigger deal, both of these, Jerry Richardson and Jameis Winston.
0: Yeah, this is a time of the year where people are just kind of doing their own thing.
1: People are shutting down. People are getting away for the week and whatever the case may be. But we're not. We're still still here.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's still a few weeks until, you know, training camp starts have uh, you have no you listened really care till then
1: i've been doing this podcast all week do you listen to any of the others
0: uh, i didn't really listen to any this week
1: busted we had some good ones peter king you know peter king i know peter you have one of his books that he signed for you we got to go find that
0: yeah I, I think it's in my room
1: yeah amy trask uh, was on as well some some you could learn a few things if you listen what do you listen to you've been listening to drake
0: that just came out is it any good I haven't really listened to enough of it yet to really determine whether it's good or not.
1: We drive around, you have a new, we have breaking news, are we allowed to say you have a new car?
0: I guess so, I mean...
1: We, we, well, I have a new car that you are allowed to drive, a Jeep Wrangler that is awesome, that I want to drive all the time. We are riding around in that thing, and I don't know what it was you were playing, but it sounds like the same thing over and over again. What is it you listen to now?
0: I don't know, I mean, I don't
1: know... I don't know, whatever that was, like, what's, is it Bones?
0: Yeah, no one really listens to that, but oh.
1: all right. No one in the world. No one out there no, is going to know people, about this. There
0: are people in the world that do, but it's not like, he's not like Drake. Like, everyone listens to Drake. Like, you know, that's what everyone's listening to. And then as soon as it came out, it was just all over my timeline on Twitter. It was just people talking about Drake.
1: We had a conversation yesterday about Post Malone. You used to like Post Malone, but then everybody liked Post Malone, yep. so you're off Post Malone.
0: Yep, pretty much.
1: Why do you have to be such a contrarian? Who did you get that I'm from? I'm just a
0: hipster. I don't know. Um. I don't know how I became this way. Well, I
1: I know how you became that way. That's how I am. If if it's yeah. if th- something's popular, I don't like it. If something's not popular, yeah. I like it.
0: Yep. I, I'd rather be a hipster than a hype beast, though.
1: I don't know what a hype, a hype beast, beast is. Hype beast
0: is someone that follows trends.
1: So, um, what music do you do you like?
0: Um, I mean, I like the normal stuff that kids listen to
1: what well, i don't i'm not a kid i, mean, I don't I've know been, what kids listen I've been to I've
0: listening to like this drake all day well you figure out if i really like it or not
1: is drake hip-hop is it rap what's the difference
0: um well his album that just came out is actually supposed to be one side is rap and the other side is supposed to be more r&b so
1: so he like, sings it's
0: like yeah i mean that's kind of how he started was his singing stuff
1: so the rapping, and listen and it's so rudimentary, but I don't pay attention to any of this. All I do is listen to Green Day and Kiss, as you well know. The rapping is more spoken. The R&B is more singing. singing yeah. But sometimes rap has, it's a combination of singing and speaking.
0: I I guess it can I mean, it's kind of like R&B is. It's kind of like singing, but it's kind of like, you know, still kind of like a hip-hop feel.
1: Who would you want to see in concert right now? If it was tonight in Pittsburgh and you'd want to get in the Jeep Wrangler with the tops off and drive up there, who would it be?
0: I don't know who I'd want to go see right now. I mean, I feel like there are a lot of people that I've yet to see, and I mean, I would. I would really want to see Bones.
1: Okay, but but there wouldn't be many people there because not many people like Bones. No, because that's he a usually, hipster. That's a hipster group, he, not a yeah, not a yeah, hype I mean, beast group. He's more group. of like
0: a West Coast kind of guy. Like, I think he's more popular out in the West than here. Especially around here, it's like nobody I know that listens to him.
1: You know what I'd like to go see right now, don't you? What? The long shot, Billy Joe Armstrong's new band. I'd rather just see Green Day. I listened to that. I I got that. Your your uh, my niece, your cousin went to see The Long Shot in D.C. a few weeks ago, and it's like, what the hell is The Long Shot? And she said, oh, that's Billy Joe Armstrong's new band. It's like, what are you talking about? He's got a new band. I didn't know he had a new band, so I downloaded the album. I listened to it once. It's like, I don't really like it. And then I listened to it again. It's like, I kind of like it. Now, I, I I can't stop listening to it. And they're on tour on the West Coast, so it's kind of a long way to go, just... You know. yeah,
0: he's always been into making his own bands, though. He always has been into branching off from Green Day and kind of doing his own thing.
1: But everything he does sounds like Green Day. Well, yeah. Long Shot just sounds like Green Day. It yeah. sounds like early no, Green Day. I,
0: I mean, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I mean, anything Billy Joe's in just sounds like Green Day to me.
1: Some of the songs, we were talking about this yesterday because we were listening to it, like some of them have like a Beatles feel to them, like a lot of clapping and he a lot likes of that. that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like,
0: you know, it's his more experimental kind of thing. It's him doing that.
1: Well, I really, and we've been to two Green Day concerts and I check, I'd say once every two months I go to their website to see if they're touring because anytime I'm they're in Pittsburgh, i the one that Park, found
0: out they were going to be in March last year. You did. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, and we went to see them. They were great. They were at the at the on the Pitt campus at the uh, wherever they play basketball there, whatever the name of that event center is. But uh, but that was great. Yeah, it
0: was. I forget what it's called, but it doesn't even matter.
1: We saw them in 2009, and we saw them last year. And whenever they're in Pittsburgh again, I'll go see them. And yeah, we
0: saw them in 2009, right when what was that? The Civic Arena. It was
1: the, it was the Civic Arena. It was before they tore the Civic Arena down. And, and remember what somebody yelled? Somebody yelled, let's go, pens. Remember what oh, Billy yeah. Joe said? I remember that. Billy Joe said, what? Let's go, penis.
0: No, no. He said, let's go, penis.
1: I mean, pens. Oh, okay. Well, but that's what he, Yeah, because somebody was yelling, let's go, pens. Yeah. So he said, let's go, penis. Yeah. I thought that was funny.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really remember it all that well. I was like... I you were 12. I was
1: like a, you were 12. I was
0: 12, yeah. It was, it was, it was July of 2009.
1: I was 12. All right, well... I don't know that anybody is interested in our trip down memory lane, but this so. is what you're going to get on Fridays. We're going to talk about whatever we feel like talking about because we have the microphones and we're going to use them.
0: Let's we'll at what people ask us.
1: All right, well you've got the questions open, I've got the questions open. Let's see what we have here. What do we have here? I got to reload the uh, the page. Uh, plenty, not not a ton of questions, but uh, well, it's slow. It's you know it's a getaway day for the Fourth of July weekend. Here we go. What do we got right out of the gate? Oh, there was a question earlier in the week that someone had that we need to address. What were you asked? Um,
0: I was asked if I ever read your book.
1: And did you ever read it?
0: I have read your book.
1: But only very recently.
0: I read it a few weeks ago, right?
1: And what did you think of it?
0: I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Gee, thanks for that.
1: Thanks for that uh, heartwarming uh, praise. God.
0: I I don't really know what makes a good book a good book. I'm not much of a reader. But you you read the whole thing. You read the whole thing. Yeah. You, I mean, I was entertained.
1: That's a good sign. I mean, if you finish the book, that's typically a sign that you liked it. Even though yeah. I think, I mean, I wrote it a long time ago, and I generally think it's a piece of shit. But I appreciate the fact that you read it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that. It wasn't. It was okay. Jesus. <laughs> I, I mean, you never wrote another
1: one. It's good that I already bought the Jeep Wrangler. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I actually, I did write another one at one point. When you started writing that book. I, over I 20 years ago. I know. Well, not I know. Over, yeah.
1: I started writing in 1993. In a weird I sort mean, of I'm way. much
0: older than I am.
1: In a weird sort of way, it's how I ended up in this business. Because I wrote this book, and I didn't know what the hell to do with it. Um, and it's so hard to get, especially when the thing's a piece of shit, it's hard to get the attention of the publishing industry. And and I thought, well, if I had actual writing credentials, then maybe that would help. So that... that helped spur me when I had the opportunity to start writing for NFLTalk.com to do it. Cause I thought, Hey, this will give me writing credentials. And maybe one of these days I can sell this book. And, and of course the mountain that you try to climb, you, you fall flat on your face and you end up climbing a mountain you didn't even know existed. And I end up in this business full time all because I was trying to sell that piece of shit book 20 years ago. So I guess there was some benefit to it. One of these days I may write again. I don't know. People want me to write a book about the story of how all this happened, like how I ended up in this place which I think from my perspective, I don't think about it very much because I feel like if I think about it too much, like it'll freak me out and I'll say, I have no business doing what I do for a living. But you know what? Maybe there's some lessons to be learned and maybe there's some stories to be told of the last 20 years of kind of tripping into this business where I didn't belong in it and a lot of people didn't want me in it and they still don't want me in it. But here we are, you know, 18 years later. Actually, this may be close to the 18-year anniversary, the first column I ever wrote for NFLtalk.com. It was late June of 2000, right around now, 18 years ago, back when you were three. Yep. All right, let's see what else we got. Yeah, let's let's look at some of the questions that were asked today. What do you got, uh, Alex? Pick one and we'll answer it.
0: Um, I mean, I'm trying to find something that has more of. There's a lot. It's kind of just for you.
1: Um, just pick any of them. I'll pick one. PFT right, Sponge. One. I, I keep finding Here's one. stuff that's for you. Question for Junior. What was it like to have no. your games recapped on PFT? Did other people in your school read the website? I used to write stories about some of your football games. Did you like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember when you started, I was, like, in middle school. So, um, I mean, I don't I don't really remember anyone really talking about it that much. I mean, we were pretty young when that kind of started up.
1: So none of them, like, saw it and thought and it was like, really I cool. Mean,
0: well, like, we were in that age in that time. It's not like... Everyone had internet access, like everyone that age does now. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but nobody
1: you know. had smartphones. You're right, though. Yeah. I mean, the the cool thing to have was a flip phone, and a flip phone wasn't going to get you on the internet. No. And and if you did try to, like, I remember the first the first phone I had that had internet access. You had to you had to punch it in on the you know the letters on the numeric keypad you didn't have a you didn't have a keyboard it was a pain in the ass to pull up any website so you're right back in those days not many kids were were in a position and they they weren't reading profootballtalk.com that's not the demographic 10 11 12 year old kids all right so screw that one pft sponge has another question what's the origin of the whole toupee thing that, i mean I'm, I'm 53 and i have a full head of hair and i joke about yeah, having a toupee that's
0: that kind of started i feel like with like the family
1: no no here's how it started I was a big David Letterman fan when I was your age in part because it was part of the procrastination routine when I was in college. Like instead of studying, I would hang out in the dorm and then at 1130, we'd watch Johnny Carson at 1230. We'd watch David Letterman at one30 We'd watch Star Trek, which was on WPXI in syndication. And then at 230, I'd actually start doing my homework. So we became very big David Letterman fans because Letterman used to be on NBC right after Johnny Carson. Are you familiar with Johnny Carson? I am. All right. I just want to be sure. But, uh, So, David Letterman always joked about having a toupee, and he never had a toupee. And I just think that's... I always thought it was funny. It's like, the guy doesn't have a toupee, he jokes about having a toupee. So, I didn't go bald. I have hair, and I joke about having a toupee. So, that's where it came from. But yeah, people in the family joke about me having a toupee. I think some people in the family actually think I do.
0: I think everyone knows that you don't.
1: I don't know. I still have been petitioned by your mom from time to time to shave my head to see what it really looks like and. I'm afraid, first of all, I'm afraid that my head is shaped, like, really strangely. Well, you don't
0: shave your head, like, get it, like, a close shave. You just get, like, a like a crew cut or
1: something. But you still could have, like, a toupee for, you know, that coverage. You could have, like, toupee for okay, really short hair. T- yeah. that's like Well, I got the money. Like I can get a really good toupee.
0: I mean, LeBron's doesn't look very good, and... He's LeBron.
1: Here's the one piece of advice for anyone out there who's contemplating a hair system: you can't get it after the hair's gone, because everyone will know. Like with LeBron, it was clear that the the troops were abandoning the front lines, and then all of a sudden he's got hair again. Yeah. And you can't he do wear that a
0: headband anymore. Yeah,
1: you can't do that. It's just like it's like if your hair goes gray, you can't show up looking like Creed Bratton, right? With the the printer ink in his hair <laughs> and looking for Red Bull. Sometimes you got to ride the yeah. bull. So, I, you know, you have to do it. How old did he say he was? He said he was like 21 or something. 30, 30. I thought he said he was like 30. Yeah, He'll be 30 next I, March. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I need to watch that show again. That's one thing that was, uh, you know... That was one thing that I liked when I was younger. Now everyone's on that show now, and I don't like it anymore.
1: But that was something when you were young, because it wasn't inappropriate for you when you were 12 or 13. We used to watch it together. We look forward to it on Thursday nights, and we enjoyed it, and we do enjoy going back and, and Netflix, watching
0: put it. put on Netflix, everyone watches it, and everyone acts like it's new. What's your
1: favorite show on Netflix?
0: My favorite show on Netflix? Yeah. I mean, probably Breaking Bad.
1: What about Where's Always Sunny? Is it not on Netflix not on anymore? Netflix anymore. Always Sunny was excellent.
0: Yeah, that's probably my favorite show of,
1: Time. We watched that start to finish last summer down in the barn, just like one or two episodes at a time, and and it's 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 actually, there was never a bad episode. Like with Seinfeld, every once in a while it's like boy that sucked, and with The Office after I think after the wedding of Jim and Pam it started to tail off after yeah, they had the be- baby. Yeah, way
0: before uh, Steve Carell left, it was starting to get bad.
1: Yeah, but but always sunny is always good, and they got new ones. I think they're coming yeah, out they're, later this year. I think
0: they're uh, I think they're in the process of filming right now.
1: All right, El Marco Lives says that last week I said Mrs. Florio didn't follow the Vikings. Does she watch, enjoy football at all? She'll watch. She'll she, watch. Yeah, she'll watch West Virginia games. She'll go to West Virginia yeah. University games, and she'll watch, like, the Super Bowl. And, and, and she'll watch, I think she'll watch certain regular season games, and she'll get engaged in it. She just doesn't follow it zealously to the point where she's, you know, familiar with a lot of the names of the players. She knows the big stars. She knows who the good teams are. And and uh, so, yeah, she 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 pays I'd say less than moderate attention to it. I'd say that's that's safe. She's yeah. slightly more than a casual fan. Is that fair? I think that's fair.
0: Casual fan? I wouldn't even call her a casual fan.
1: She's less than casual? Yes. Uh, I, f- I figured she's casual because she watch because I think the casual fan just like watches the Super Bowl and only the biggest games. Well, maybe that's her. Uh,
0: so, Like, a casual fan will watch, like, their favorite team, and that's it.
1: Yeah. Like I don't I don't team. know that that's what I call like, casual. I don't
0: know. I, I guess.
1: All right. Matt and Beantown. I'm sure you've had several casual friendships with other media members throughout your career, but what makes PFT and Big Cat special? How did you end up letting those guys come on PFT Live and even spend the night in your home during Grit Week? You know, this all started because, and it's been almost three years ago, And I didn't know what to make of PFT commenter. I didn't know what to make of him at all. And I didn't know whether he was making fun of me. Is he making fun of the website? Is he making fun of the people who comment on the website? I didn't understand if I was in on the joke or if I was the butt of the joke. And I just kind of kept him at arm's length. He calls me out of the blue. He wants to come to the house because he had gone to ESPN and he wanted to come here and he wanted to see what I do. And it's like, this is my house. Like If I had an office, I'd have no problem with it. I don't even know your name. Like, I I can't roll out the the red carpet. for. I don't even know who you are. Is that like, is that you in the avatar, that goofy looking guy with the shirt off? Like, is that you? That's who
0: I thought at first saw him. Yeah,
1: so I didn't know. And eventually he talked me into it. I had him come here and he spent the day here and we ended up being friendly And then I got to know him better. And once he hooked up with with Big Cat and Pardon My Take and that took off and I started going on there and they were doing Grit Week and they were coming through West Virginia. It's like, hey, you guys got to swing by. And they wanted to actually sleep down in our barn, which is not an actual, you know, barn with animals in it. It's a former barn that's been transformed into a space, which is great to hang out in. But I said, you guys can't sleep in the barn. You got to sleep in the house. So they slept in the house and they worked hard too. uh, they did. Remember, I, it, remember? Was,
0: it was Hank and Buddha Ben that stayed down there the longest.
1: They were down in the barn, and you stayed down I there with down them. I was down
0: there with Ben till about, like, 5 in the morning.
1: You texted me at, like, 4.30. How long do I have to stay I, down here? It's I was like, exhausted. Why are you still down there? Well, they're still I down here working. Leave.
0: I didn't want to leave them. It's like, I mean, I don't want to feel weird at our house.
1: Well, they were working hard because they had an episode of their Pardon My Take podcast they had to get finished, and they really were working hard on it. They taped it upstairs in my studio, and then they, they uh, spent, like, hours down there putting things together and getting it ready. And, and I don't think Ben slept. I don't know if...
0: I mean, yeah, he didn't sleep. I don't, did he Hank sleep? All-nighter. Hank, I feel like... I think Hank went up at, like, 3 in the morning, I feel like. Like, he went up really late
1: and, like, slept a couple hours. And then they rolled out at, like, 7 that morning. Because yeah. I remember they crashed the set when I was doing PFT Live that day. But we, we get along with them well. I mean, they've been nice to you. They're funny guys. And and they have a good sense, a good comedic sense, and and I, yeah. you know, we we enjoy them.
0: All right, that's what works the best is a comedic comedic sense.
1: Yes. Well, but they also from time to time ask very insightful questions, but they do it in a way that's very funny and they never piss yeah. anybody off. Like they can ask the question that everyone's wondering about, but maybe across the line, but they can do it in a way that doesn't piss anybody off. And I think that's, that's a gift. Apple one, two, three, Apple 11. Are you a fan of classic rock bands? If so, who's your favorite? Is Kiss a classic rock band? Does that yeah, count?
0: Kiss is, Kiss is classic rock. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm a big Kiss fan. I was listening to Kiss today, driving home from my physical. Alive 2. Yeah. I was listening Kiss to this.
0: Your favorite? I Kiss was li- is your favorite band of all time.
1: No, I think Green Day's up there.
0: Uh, I don't know. You've you've been to plenty of Kiss concerts for the both of us. Well, just
1: because they've been around for forty five years yeah, now,
0: Yeah, but you've been to probably four times as many Kiss concerts as Green Day concerts.
1: The one thing about Kiss that provided me—I well, guess me... they
0: did—used to tour like all the time. It would. I mean, they went to Wheeling, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, so. we, we, I Well, when they reunited in 1996 and put the makeup back on, they, they toured all the big stadiums, and then they did, like, a lower-level tour, and I saw them, like, I saw them twice in, like, three days that year. I mean, that was pretty pathetic, but, but I, I just... Yeah. It was great when they got back together because it was, like, 20 years had melted away, and uh, it felt like it did in the late 70s when I saw them, like two or three times back in that time frame, But one of the things that they said when they explained how they came up with their act and their shtick with the makeup and the fire and the fake blood and all that stuff, they said that they tried to create the musical act that they would pay to go see. And I think that that is such an important mission statement for anyone in any business. Create the thing that you would patronize, right? What would you want to buy? What would you want to spend your time or money on? If you're starting a business, that's how I, that's how PFT came to be. How do I want this website to look? I want it to look like the, the way that I would want something to look if I was visiting it. I mean, it's such a, it's such a brilliant, simple concept. Create the thing that you would be a customer of create the thing that you would want. That's your guiding principle. And that's and I remembered that when I started PFT. So I owe it to, or you can blame it on, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons for PFT's existence to a certain, to a certain extent. Because it's that very simple lesson. Make the thing that you would be a customer of.
0: Yeah, because, so. I mean, you would enjoy it. If, if it's something you'd be a customer of, then you obviously like it. And, right.
1: I yeah. like it, and you can be passionate and, about it, and you attract yeah, people to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the most important thing. Is just to be happy with what you do.
1: Do you like classic rock? Yeah. What do you like?
0: Guns and Roses.
1: Is that really classic rock?
0: I mean, would you? I mean, Kiss is and Guns and Roses isn't.
1: Are we gonna be cranking the Guns and Roses on Fourth of July? We're gonna have some um, big ass fireworks. We got to go to Walmart and get more of those those hokey Fourth of July T-shirts like we got last year. We bought one for everyone in the family last year. We got to go get more of them this, this year because they're like only like five bucks, bucks each. Oh, they're great. They're like polyester. I don't know where last year's yeah. are.
0: There's, I've seen some. I think there's some. In they're the floating
1: laundry. around in the house. Yeah, we'll we'll find some of we the old ones and get some ones. new ones. All right, Uh, Ghost Musician asks, do you think Jameis Winston is doomed? I think he'll be out of the league within about two years. I don't know. I don't know. I think that it's incumbent upon him to finally become the kind of quarterback they expected him to be when they made him the first overall pick in the draft. I think it's clear right now Marcus Mariota is the better overall player player and citizen. Mariota has never been in trouble who never get in trouble. He took his team to the final eight last year. He hasn't been dominant, but he's been good enough. And the key for Mariota is staying healthy. The key for Winston is playing well and becoming the guy that they expected him to be. And and Alex, I think so much of this, and you know, people encounter adversity in life and, and you'll, you'll see the highs and lows and the ups and downs in your own life. It's how you deal with adversity, how you bounce back from that moment, that test, that, that low, you get put in that position, how do you come back from it? And that's going to be the key for Winston. How does he come back from this? Is he going to be bitter? Is he going to be upset? Is he going to have a chip on his shoulder? Is he going to blame everybody else but himself? If that's the case, that's not a healthy reaction, and I think it sets the stage for more problems.
0: I mean, he's he's already he's already caused a lot of problems for himself in the past. and I mean, it's just been a buildup of everything that he's done. I mean, he's got to learn at some point.
1: Well, and part of the problem is he's never been held as accountable as he's being held right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is definitely, this is definitely probably like, you know, I mean, he did something similar like this when he was in college. Allegedly. Yes. But yeah, I mean, it's, this is a big deal as well.
1: Well, and it's a big deal this time around because he's being held responsible, even though he initially said he didn't do it. And now all of a sudden he's admitting that he did something, even though he won't say what it is. And, And uh, I I think it all comes down to how he plays. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger came back from his suspension in 2010 after he was accused of sexual assault not once but twice. And you know what? The Steelers went to the Super Bowl that year, and it was all forgotten after that. And I think that's going to be the key. If Winston plays well, it's going to be forgotten. If he doesn't play well and if the Buccaneers struggle, then then this off-field incident, the latest one, becomes ammunition to say, let's get rid of this guy. We don't want him around anymore. All right, what else do we have here? Burn Unit asks, do you think the lack of youth football participation is coming from those who wouldn't be that great anyway, such as the not so athletic kids who do it just to do it? I don't, I don't think so, because I don't think this is kids choosing not to play. I think this is parents steering yeah, their children away from playing. It's definitely
0: parents' influence. I mean, you know, if if a kid wants to play and his parents don't want him to play, then he's not going to play
1: at a certain age. But I think also when you get to fifteen or sixteen, good luck telling a kid who's who is dead set on playing that they're not going to play even though they're not 18 yet and they can't make the decision legally for themselves if you have a kid i mean you used to wear me out about different things when you were 15 or 16 there's a point where you you, you know they, they want to do it and and i know that probably the responsible thing to do as a parent is stay i still say no but you know the high school you went to There weren't a lot of boys. You were the biggest kid in your class. They needed you to play football. I mean, what are you going to say? No, I'm not playing? How are they going to field a team? All it takes is two or three guys to say they're not playing, and the team goes away. So, you know, I think it's easier at a bigger school to to fade into the background and not play. But some of these small schools, they're not going to have a program if kids don't play.
0: Yeah. I mean, the year before I played in middle school, they only had 11 on the team. And now, I don't even think they have a middle school team there anymore. Um, But yeah, it's just... I mean, when he goes to such a small school, you'll just... You'll never get off the field like you'll play the whole game
1: yeah you're playing the whole game both ways and and you've got the injury risk that lasts all game and that's one of the things that that I worried about every time you were on the field the injuries that that you possibly could have I remember in one of your last games you had a leg injury you took a helmet to the leg and you were flat on your face on yeah, the ground
0: that was, that was one of the worst things I felt it was and
1: terrible. well and and you know from my perspective what the hell happened to him and it's a long walk down from up where we were sitting and and you know you, you go through 30 seconds when you weren't really moving all that much. I didn't know what happened. I didn't know if he had a head injury, a neck injury. I didn't know what it was. And on that point, where's the question here? Tree True, at Tree True has a question. What was it like having a concussion? Would you play high school football again? You had a concussion. I was actually in New York. It was a Saturday game and I was in New York for NBC duty and I got a phone call from your mom that you had had a concussion. What was that experience like for you?
0: Um, I just, I remember when it happened. I was, I was hit away. That was I don't know i was never never hit like that it was weird i like this guy was probably like he was a little bit taller than me so
1: did you see it coming
0: i i mean i didn't see it coming because this guy was coming to block me and he just put all of his force and everything just into the side of my head and i just i remember just you know i was just i mean it was almost it was like six years ago and it was just I knew it wasn't right and just the way I was hit, my head didn't feel right and I didn't feel right for days.
1: What did you do right after the hit. Did you go down and, and or did you tap out? What, no, what I just went
0: out of the game, and then I told them it was like right before halftime. So I told them at halftime that I didn't think I could play the rest of the game.
1: How hard was it for you to do that? Because you know, there's that 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 toughness element of football, and you got to be able to play, and you can't make the club in the tub, and all those cliches that you have to separate yourself from when it's when it's a brain injury, and you have to say I'm not able to play. How hard was you was it for you to do that?
0: Um, it it wasn't really. It wasn't really that hard for me. Um, I mean, it, it, I was a nervous about saying something at first, but I knew that I had to do it.
1: Well, because it had been drilled into you by me and by others that if you ever have something like that happen, right. you got to say something.
0: Right. I mean, I never really knew before how important that stuff was.
1: And how long did it take you to feel back to normal again?
0: Um, it, I mean, it only took me like five days, thankfully.
1: Well, but that's still a long time, and I remember when I got I mean, home... some
0: people went... There are a lot of people who go through concussion issues for months, and it only lasted me a few days So I was pretty lucky.
1: I remember when I got home that Tuesday You were sitting on the couch and in, in our old house, and it was obvious you weren't yourself. Yeah it was I, obvious. Mean, I
0: couldn't go to school. I couldn't focus. I remember mom tried to have me do homework the next day I don't know why but I had a little temper tantrum Because I was unable to do it.
1: Oh, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. I remember seeing the chair after the temper tantrum. Yeah. Yeah the chair got busted i so, had a
0: concussion and i was forced to do homework with a well, concussion
1: well but i think you know at that time I'm, you know, again people don't understand what you're feeling and how it you know how it's it's difficult to focus and and that's you know that's what happened it was a normal reaction to an unusual situation i never had a concussion from playing football but i've had several from other things now i did ha- i did get one concussion mild concussion playing flag football in law school i banged heads with another guy and i was i was clearly dazed you know that whole belt got your bell rung i clearly had a low level concussion then i i got hit right below the eye with the top of someone's head playing basketball when your mom was pregnant with you and she had to take me to the hospital at 11 o'clock at night while pregnant so they could check me out. And I clearly had a concussion then. That was a diagnosed one. One time I slipped and fell in the shower and I hit my head on that the bathtub railing and I was loopy. I didn't go to the hospital or anything, but I knew that I had a mild concussion then. And when I was five, I was coming down the steps at the house I grew up in and I slipped. It was down to the basement. I slipped and there was no guardrail or anything. And I landed head first on the concrete floor. And the next thing I know, I woke up and the doctor is there like over top of me and I forgot everything in between and I was five. So, uh, I never,
0: I never like when that happened, I didn't, uh, I didn't forget anything. And like, I know when you, when you get a concussion, it like you can have different symptoms based on what part of your brain impacts the
1: side of your skull. You just didn't feel right. You remembered everything. You just didn't feel right. I
0: remember everything. I didn't feel right. I couldn't focus. I couldn't do homework. It just. And I, I had really bad mood swings. It was weird.
1: Did you have sensitivity to light at all?
0: Um, I can't really remember. I, I don't really remember anyone putting a light in my face, anyways.
1: At Mike Likes Dirt. This is a question for A Flow. Who sings YouTube better, Tom Brady or. Me. did you see Tom Brady at the U2 concert? He posted nah, I didn't the video. See it. Yeah, he doesn't sing U2 very well. Have he's you heard me sing Instagram? U2? He's yeah, on his Instagram. Yeah, it was several days I ago.
0: Follow, I don't follow Tom.
1: Well, you should.
0: Uh, Tom's not a very social media kind of guy.
1: He's 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 active.
0: Yeah.
1: He, he's got a different persona than you would expect. He 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 can't sing very well. You've heard me sing. I can't sing very well. I don't make any bones about right. it. You know what I sang the other day on the podcast? Hunter's no. Hunter's song. You took me by the hand, made me a man that one night. You know what that is? Yeah. That's one. Of, that's the uh-huh. best episode of The Office. Yeah, that is. They're,
0: I was I was watching that episode, like maybe a month ago with some of my friends. And like I forget who I was watching it with, but some of them said they didn't see it. They've never seen it, but they watched the show and they said it was like the funniest episode.
1: That was from the season that was shortened by a writer's strike, and that. That one only has the cold open in the office. The rest of it is at Michael's condo and in vehicles and stuff. That's the best one. People ask me, what's your favorite office episode? And I forget that one. That's the best one. My favorite... You know what my favorite office line is?
0: Right. Yeah, I know
1: it. What? Um, What is it?
0: I mean, I, I remember the episode... What's the is line? It, it, it's What's either, the line? Sorry for annoying you with my friendship. Oh. No. Really freaking unfunny.
1: I, no. Hey, hey, guys. somebody making soup? Exactly. <laughs> when there was something deposited on Michael Scott's carpet and Creed walks up, Creed's got the best lines of anybody in that series. And he walks up and goes, Hey, guys, somebody making soup? That's my favorite line no, all the time. Best
0: in, remember the one episode when they were doing the, uh, the murder. Uh, Remember they were playing that game and they are doing... The, the murder... There's yeah, been a murder Savannah. in
1: Savannah.
0: And then they tell Creed that there's a murder and he's a suspect and then he runs away in his car.
1: Have you seen the the speculation online that Creed was the Scranton Strangler? You
0: know, there's speculation that Dennis from It's Always Sunny is a Scranton Strangler.
1: But how does that happen?
0: He comes in from Philadelphia.
1: And he comes in from Philadelphia and kills people in Scranton. Yeah. But he wasn't the one that was put on trial, obviously. So an innocent man ended up being convicted of being the Scranton strangler. Yes, so. I think the idea that it was Creed makes sense because there are lines throughout the series that would suggest that Creed, uh, Creed is capable of murder. If he, if he has to kill, he will kill. So that, that's a topic I guess to solve on another day. All right. Uh, I skipped one. Matt and Beantown, I hate to bring up stats on the podcast, but how did you go about finding and hiring a producer for PFT Live, or was his pancake-eating persona thrust upon you by the fine folks at NBC? Here's what happened. When we started PFT Live, when it was 12 to 3 Eastern, this was early 2015, They offered me stats. And I said, I like stats. I want stats. And stats was on the 6am to 9am shift. And he was hoping to like sleep normal hours because he had a very small child at the time. So I said, yes, I would very much like to to have stats be the producer. I didn't know him very well at that point, which explains why I wanted him to be the producer. So he joined me from 12 to three. And then a year later, we went back to six to nine. So he was like, oh, crap, that's what I tried to avoid. Well, oh, well, And he's that's. he's been with me three and a half years now. So yeah. Stats may be visiting. I'm yeah. not sure if he's coming or not.
0: He usually always comes. It, well, be
1: we shamed him into it last year. He tried to bow out, and we shamed him into it. I, I need to see if he's coming. I'm going to text him and ask him if he's coming. I haven't heard that he's definitely coming, so maybe he's trying to get out yeah, of you
0: it. Need to, you need to refresh those. Why, are there more? Yeah, there are a few more. All
1: right, the problem is when I refresh them then I can't find uh when I can't find my space. Boss, you
0: never got to say anything.
1: Why don't you why there. don't you read one? You want me to
0: read one. Yeah. All right, here's one that says as a Vikings fan myself, my worst memory is still 98. What is your worst memory as a fan? For me I know mine. What's yours? Uh the 2010 NFC championship game.
1: The, the 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 Brett Favre, this yeah. is not Detroit, yeah, the interception. Yeah, about that last yeah. week. Yeah. That's oh, the worst. That was when the hook was setting you for life as yes. a Vikings fan because you were very ambivalent about them before that, and you jumped on the bandwagon that year because they had Favre and they were really good, and when they lost that one, because you would have gone to the Super Bowl, you would have gotten to see them play. I wasn't going that year. Uh, you probably would have gone if they'd have made it.
0: Uh, I don't know. I, we well, never talked about them going that year.
1: Well, I know, but if, you'd, if they'd if have they'd, if made it, you probably yeah, would have been probably. there. So – for me it was the 19 and not any of the Super Bowls. It wasn't any of the NFC Championship games. It was the Divisional Playoff in 1975. That year the Vikings were 10 and 0. I was 10 years old and and I I had think about it. I first really became a fan the year they lost to the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. Then the next year they lost to the Steelers and that was very difficult for somebody growing up in Steelers country. 1975, the Vikings started the year 10 and 0. They lost 31-30 to Washington, to go to 10 and 1. They had a great week, 14 game against Buffalo in the snow, and Chuck Foreman nearly won the triple crown that year in rushing, receiving, and touchdowns. And Fran Tarkenton was great that year, and and they were riding high going into the playoffs. And Dallas comes to town, and that hail mary game with the interference by Drew Pearson, and I remember that I was bawling and squalling. And I don't know if I said this last week, we had this awful carpet in our kitchen. Who has carpet in their kitchen? And there was a stain on the carpet right by the refrigerator where there was a banana cream pie the prior summer and I reached in to just get a little a little taste of it before dinner and it tumbled out and it landed flat on that carpet. So there was this banana this awful banana cream pie stain yeah, that's, on this that's why awful carpet.
0: That's why people don't have carpet in kitchens.
1: That's one of the reasons you shouldn't have carpet in your kitchen. And I was face down in the banana cream pie stain crying uncontrollably for at least 10 minutes after that game. That one still hurts to this day and it was pass interference by Drew Pearson who pushed Nate right to the ground but shame on the Vikings for not having Paul Krause deep enough to prevent that that touchdown and there was a there was a referee whose name escapes me right now who was hit with a whiskey bottle after that because they didn't call pass interference so that was horrible, and that, you can still watch that game online. They played back in those days at Metropolitan Stadium, which was a baseball stadium. Yeah. So the configuration for football was hideous. It just mm-hmm. looked awful. Yeah. And it held like 40,000 people. So it was
0: right where the mall is. Like we that's were right. There. Yeah. Well,
1: because somebody found what you found the fifty-yard line, or I think yeah. your your cousin did. Uh-huh. Found the fifty-yard line, took yeah, a picture they had of it.
0: Yeah, like a little like token or something on yeah. the ground.
1: Well, the Mall of America is so damn big. I'm surprised that uh, you know the the fifty-yard line for uh, the, the, for the Green Bay Packers old stadium, if there was one, wasn't in there. They really didn't have an old stadium. They've been playing at Lambeau Field, so that's not a good example. All right, let's see what else we have. Do you have another one? Um, I don't. All right, I'll find one. See, I refreshed, and now I'm having a hard time finding all the all the ones that uh, that we missed. Here we go. The Impact 99. Are you a Marvel or DC guy? If you had oh, to pick. I also, favorite superhero. I, I, I was always a DC guy when I was a kid. I got a bunch of old. I got to give them to you. I got a bunch of old comic books upstairs. Really? I got a bunch of them. Yes. I got a bunch of old mad magazines and a bunch of old comic books. And I was a Batman guy. I don't know why. There was just something about Batman. I think the fact that he didn't have any real superpowers, that he was the only plausible superhero, even though, you know, half the shit he does is, well, 90% of the shit he does is implausible anyway. But it was just a really rich guy who had great gadgets that were technologically advanced.
0: That's just like Iron Man too. you know. He's... Iron Man is like Marvel's
1: Batman, basically. Yeah. I, I didn't like Superman. I liked Batman, and uh, I got yeah,
0: I Superman, got a lot of Superman is a little basic for me.
1: I got a lot of I got a lot of Batman comic books I like upstairs. Batman. I got a lot of them. We'll go find them.
0: All the Marvel stuff is better now, though.
1: I don't like Mainly those movies. movies. I don't like those movies. People love them. I remember going to the first Batman movie they made with Michael Keaton and, and uh, Jack Nicholson, 1989. And I was so excited for that. And I thought, but this is gonna revolutionize my enjoyment at the movies. And that that was the first time I was really disappointed got myself worked up thinking a movie was going to be great and it's like, this really isn't good. And you convince yourself it was better than it was because it's like, I've been waiting for this for months and it has to be great because I've waited this long for it to come out and I never really liked it. I'll still watch it from time to time for nostalgia purposes, but I I never really liked it. I never liked any of the Batman movies. I didn't like Batman Begins. I remember we went to see that in the theater in 2005 or thereabouts. I didn't like that. It dragged. Yeah, I didn't didn't like like that
0: either. I mean, I was like, I was like nine or something, but I, yeah, I didn't like that one.
1: I didn't like The Dark Knight?
0: The, uh, you didn't like The Dark Knight?
1: I, it was too long. The Dark
0: I, Knight's I, great. I like parts dark, of it. The Dark Knight's my favorite superhero movie.
1: We I took you to see that one with one of your friends. I remember watching it, but I, I and I remember being in the theater thinking this is just too long. Some of the, they just they they are too long and they jump around too much. And I think they could tighten them up and make them better. And I understand that people want that experience of being in the theater for two two and a half hours. But a lot of times I think the overall experience is more gratifying if you tighten it up. Like this podcast, maybe we should tighten it up from time to time. D and J asks, do you see my Packers winning the NFC North? Yes. I, yes yeah. yeah I mean they have it. no you say no I or yes yeah. yeah they'll win they've got Mike Patton a defensive coordinator the exact opposite of Dom Capers if Aaron Rodgers avoids breaking his collarbone again or any other major injury I think the Packers and Patriots are the two teams to watch for the Super Bowl so that one's an easy one and we agree on that the impact 99 oh boy I don't like this uh, tell us a good story about your dad when you were super proud of him is there a good story about me when you were super proud?
0: Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is probably when we were in New York in 2009, uh, when we were first at the NBC offices. And I remember I was waiting outside while you guys were in a meeting. Like I was waiting outside with Mom. You know, it was like right when you signed with them too. It was just, you know, it was just kind of a weird experience. Just, you know, I was just sitting right outside while you were you guys were in your meeting.
1: All these big shots were in there. Yeah. Like Dick Eversall, yeah. he was in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was 12, and that was the first time I was in New York, and, yeah, it was just, you know, it was just a fun trip the whole time, and then I think they took me to the uh, Saturday Night Live set.
1: We got a picture too. of yeah. us out there. Yeah. Me, you, and your mom at the Saturday Night Live set from that trip, yeah. and you guys got to go. It was the first season in the new Yankee Stadium. Yeah. You and your mom went to sit in the NBC seats, there were four of them, but only two were available. So you guys went yep. and I went out to dinner with uh, one of the guys from NBC. Yeah, was fun. And it was like, they, it was like you were in the seats where it's like all the food you can eat, like ridiculous yeah, it was gluttony. Free.
0: And they would just bring like, you wouldn't like go get it. They would just bring it to you. And it was just constant.
1: All right. What else do we have here? Uh, there's, there's more questions. We probably should wrap it up. Here's one from Michael Skarn. Michael Skarn has a question can you share some of the draft day rumors about Darius Geis receiving way too much hype from the Washington media need to be brought back down to earth? Here was what I heard about Darius Geis. Cause remember he slid because there was a, an issue of fundamentally maturity or more accurately immaturity with Darius Geis and the way one person put it to me. And, and I think this was a team that was at least possibly considering the possibility of taking him depending upon how late he was still available. The idea that, He will come in and he will likely play very well for the first year or two of his career, but then he will wear out his welcome because he will drive people crazy unless he matures. If he matures, he'll be fine. If he doesn't mature, the team that drafted him, Washington, will be done with him within a couple of years. So we'll see how that plays out. That was the thinking. The question is, will he mature? And, you know, that whole issue with being asked at the scouting combine whether he likes men, that by all appearances never happened. And I don't know if he was just messing with people or he was mistakenly referring to a prep session that he had because most of the agents put these guys through preparation sessions where they have them ask ridiculous questions. And we had him on PFT Live and he wouldn't answer that. Because I was trying to give him a chance to explain it away. And he just, he was done with it. I think... My gut tells me. I'm not saying that this is what happened. I think he was just messing with the people who were interviewing him on radio when he said it. And he he, he touched off an investigation that created just hardships for teams. And the NFL read them all the riot acts And they're like, well, he, he wasn't even asked any inappropriate questions. And I think that contributed in part also to him sliding. You see any others you want to address before we're done? We almost, we've almost been on for a full hour. Do you got anything?
0: Um, there. There was something I saw, but I can't find it now. Um, Okay. Here it is. Life is rated R. Moments where pro football talk or myself got in trouble with Mrs. F, nuns, the NFL, etc.
1: When have we gotten in trouble with... Did you get in trouble with school for... Oh, oh, I... No, I don't want to tell that story. There's a story from when you were five. Remember yeah, that one? No, let's not tell it. All right. I was six, so let's not tell it. Okay. Me. Um are, are, can we think of any others?
0: I was n- I've really never got in trouble. I was pretty Not was, after that one. I was a golden child.
1: And and I don't I think we, we, we typically we typically behave when it comes to when it comes to your mom. We don't we don't say inappropriate things in front of her. Right. I think so. That may change. I've jinxed us.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm like 21 and I've probably only said a handful of curse words in front of her.
1: Usually when you're upset about something, too. Yeah. And you've never gotten in trouble for it.
0: No. I mean, I'm kind of old now.
1: You are kind of old, which makes me really old. I remember when I came back from college, one of my first weekends back from college, and when you're in a dorm in college everybody's saying the F word over and over again and I was so desensitized to it, I was saying it all the time, and I was at home and my mom and my sister, your aunt, were there and I let the f word fly in front of my mom. She's like, "What did you say?" And thank God, your aunt covered for me and said so that. Oh no, he didn't say that. And then I said, and it's like, I, it's like, oh, thank God, I avoided the wrath of my mother. And then five minutes later, I did it again. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always, I've
0: always been good at controlling saying those words in front of the people I'm not supposed to. I've always been good at that. Well, that's good. That was one thing. That was one thing. I forget. Some. I don't know if it was like you one of your mom. like someone told me just you know you just have to be careful what you say
1: well yeah you have to be careful what you say and And that's like
0: 13 i was like yeah
1: that's one of the discussions we had you know talking into a microphone there's certain things that that you can't say but i I don't have any i mean you you don't have i mean the things that you can't say in this format we can we can curse and we could drop some f-bombs if we wanted to but i have no concerns about you ever saying anything you shouldn't say i mean there are people who say stupid things hateful things Things that, that, and it's like, I'm not worried about you because you don't even have those thoughts, so you'll be fine, Um, which means I've jinxed you even more. All right, right, we probably should wrap this up, right? Okay, that's a full hour of Friday's PFTPM, Fridays with Florio Jr. and or Fridays with AFlow. Somebody, fridays
0: with flow sound better
1: fridays than with flow not like fridays with flow well, that's my nickname
0: a flow but i like florio
1: jr here's what's funny because you'll know what that means you embrace the flow nickname that was that was foisted upon me in third grade by one of my really close friends who first came to our school in third grade no one had called me that this guy shows up first day of third grade. And he starts calling me Flo. And I hated it, especially because there was a sitcom back in the 70s called Alice. And there was a red-haired waitress called Flo. And her, her catchphrase was, kiss my grits. So once that came out, it was over yeah. for me. So I hate that name. And you love that name. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I was started to call it A-Flo because, you know, first name starts with an A.
1: And yes, I'm aware. Just got I'm aware of the dynamic. I don't
0: mind. I like it. I'd rather be called Flo than Alex. I don't really like Alex.
1: Why don't you like being called Alex? It's your it's your it's your name. I don't really like it. Why don't you like it? You, and Alexander, it's your it's your it's your grandmother's maiden name.
0: Her maiden name was Alessandro.
1: Alessandra. D'Alessandro. It was shortened to Alexander by the the uh, the, folks the, at, white uh, men. the folks at the the uh, folks at the. At how do you know they were white men?
0: The white men did this to us.
1: Oh. Just stop. Liberal. Uh, I was waiting for you to accuse me of being a liberal because you accused me last week of being a liberal.
0: Yeah, because you are talking about politics.
1: Well, you know what? Sometimes we got to talk about politics. Well, not necessarily. No, I was talking about, you said.
0: Yeah, you are talking about climate change.
1: No, all I said is, you're going to float me on an iceberg. You and, said
0: there won't be any icebergs. Right, that's all that's I said. That's climate change talk.
1: Well, will there be icebergs based upon everything I've seen? I don't think there will be. Nope. All right. The
0: whole world's going to be flooded.
1: All right. So anyway, I don't know why you don't like Alex. Are you going to start going by Michael? Michael? Mm. I don't like going by Michael because that was my mother. Michael? Do you want to be going? Do you want to be Michael? Michael? Do you want to be Michael? What are you looking at? I'm done. All right. That's it. I'm, I'm finished with the show today. All right. I, I'm done with this guy. Next Friday. Friday's with Michael. Friday's with Michael and Alex. Alex. We'll, we'll do it next week. Enjoy the 4th of July. Do not... Hey, and one one last public safety announcement, and this will count toward the future community service I eventually have to, have to fulfill. Do not blow your fingers off with fireworks, please. Be careful with fireworks. Do not drink alcohol before setting off fireworks. Pay attention to the instructions on the fireworks.
0: Uh, Light, I mean, fuse, can, and get away. You can drink alcohol before... You just don't hold it in your hand.
1: I, I would highly recommend not drinking before letting off fireworks because and it impairs bet, your judgment. I
0: bet you will do that in a few days.
1: I will make sure that I am sober when it's time to light you're, off fireworks.
0: You're not. You can't influence these people that way when you know you're going to be drinking Crown and letting off fireworks.
1: I will not be drinking Crown while we're letting off fireworks. No, I will, you'll do it before we let off fireworks. No, I will do it after. Mm, you'll, I will. No, because, we'll listen, we let off the fireworks at 9.30. Then you can start drinking after that. I, w- I ah, guarantee you, late. I will not drink. I will have a glass of wine with dinner, and I will not be under the influence when it's time to light off fireworks. I guarantee you I don't know why you would think I would be that way. I, I mean, don't want to blow off my fingers. I
0: wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't saying you are going to be drunk. I was just saying you're going to be drinking anyway. Like,
1: no, before. I'm not, no, because fireworks scare the hell out of me, and you have to be very careful with fireworks. Remember we had yep. the one year and then we got to go. We had those paper tubes that the mortars shoot out of, and we didn't change out the tubes. Well, eventually the paper tube goes. And we had a mortar that blew out the paper tube. And it was like a war zone where these, those things were going off and somebody really could have gotten hurt. So if you have mortars with paper tubes, change out the paper tubes, don't drink, don't hold them in your hand, light fuse and get away Be smart because, as Jason Pierre-Paul found out the hard way a few years ago, in an instant, your life can be changed forever. All right, that's it on that happy note. We'll be back next Friday. Fridays with Florio Jr. Fridays with Flo. Fridays, PFTPM. I'll be back before then with another edition of PFTPM. Check us out all weekend long at profootballtalk.com. Thanks, as always, for your time. Bye.